Hey, Colin. Scott, yes, hello. You know how everybody loves Die Hard? Oh, man, do people love Die Hard? It's crazy. I know. I've got a movie pitch for you. Okay. Let's make Die Hard yeah. again. Yes, absolutely, for sure. Wait, exactly the same? Exactly the same. Oh. Just maybe change the location. Let's put it in an airport. Die Hard in an airport? Yep, the exact same movie in an airport. Scott, I've got some notes. Welcome to I Have Some Notes. This is the podcast where we take uh, beloved Christmas movies that are oh so so, well it's Christmas edition, and make them so so with a thumbs up <laughs> an exclamation mark. This is part of the, the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB Financial. Uh, my name is Colin McIntyre. I'm Greg Beaver. I'm Aaron Beaver. And I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, this is the thank you for hosting. Thank, thank, <laughs> thanks to all the listeners. This is our this is our this is now a new thing now. And I have the most. We have a holiday episode uh, where we actually will uh, do a, a, a Christmas theme. Is this a Christmas theme movie we're gonna do? Sort if you squint. Definitely Christmas adjacent. <laughs> it's, it's parallel, <laughs> perpendicular to the Christmas. They definitely mentioned Christmas so, a couple of times. Uh, so we actually put out a couple a couple choices. Uh, we we actually we actually let the the listeners and the fans of the show vote. We were either going to do Die Hard 2, or it was Jingle All the Way, correctly? Yeah. That, that was what it was. Uh, and an overwhelming landslide, Die Hard 2 won. So this is the movie we're going to talk about for our Christmas episode. Which surprises me, because a lot of people are like, oh, Die Hard 2 is great. Yeah. Well, then why did you pick that <laughs> movie that we're going to yeah, tell apart? Including people sitting around this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to have a... Including the actual person who recommended we do Die Hard 2 in the first place. This is why I suggested Jingle All the Way. But nope, we're doing Die Hard 2. So, so, uh, I like so, a challenge. So so Greg suggests Die Hard 2. And then the first thing he says when he comes into I Have Some Note Studio here in our uh, underground internet-free uh, cave bunker, it says, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I would change well, nothing. Like we said off the top. It's the exact same movie as Die Hard. Like, how could you not like it? Uh, so just to, just to, to get some of the homework out of the way before we start talking about the show, uh, Die Hard Part 2 is, of course, the sequel. Oh, so, so you, sorry. Die Hard Part 2. Die Hard 2, Die Harder, as it's officially known as. <laughs> it's, it's not, though. Oh, it's not? That's, that's no. just the tagline. That's just the tagline. Well, the like, tagline nowhere is, is it actually, yeah, I think it was just like something that uh, was maybe put in the promos or something so, like that. So I got a copy from the library, and actually in the same size font in the same style it actually says die hard to die harder so i thought it was die hard to die Harder. yeah yeah but the movie does entitled is entitled die hard it's just called it's both in the beginning and the end it just says die hard Two. okay all right sure so okay we'll just call die hard Two hyphen die harder uh this is the 1990 action film right so so action only so there's no it's no not an action drama drama romance like the Top Gun, it's all action all the time, uh, <laughs> full of swearing and blood and guts and good stuff. Uh, this is directed by Rennie Harlan, who went to did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, uh, Cliffhanger, The Long Kiss, Good Night, Deep Blue Sea, and one of the biggest box office bombs of all time, <laughs> Cutthroat Island. Uh, it's Which act- I believe you want to do on the I, show. I, I, I want to do, but I've changed my mind because no one's no one's seen it. So. <laughs> I Bad. I saw it in the theater. It? You saw a million, it in the theater a million years ago. Wow! And I actually would rewatch that because oh, okay. I forget. There we go. Well, maybe okay. we'll I kind of want an excuse to see it. Yeah, because I've heard of how bad it is. Yeah. So, like, I think we should do. Okay, well, I think we should. 
put that one on the back burner and okay. get to it. We'll put, we'll, we'll, we'll put that on the bulletin we'll get board. To it. Not everything we do is SEO friendly, especially <laughs> the Star Trek stuff. Every time, we, every time we do something Star Trek related, it bombs. <laughs> uh, Die Hard 2 is actually based on a book called 58 Minutes by Walter uh, Walter Wager, um, although the characters were created in a book uh, from a book called Nothing Lasts Forever, which was written by Roger, uh, Roderick Thorpe. Uh, so that so both these movies based on different books. They just crammed John McClane in there just for kicks. Uh, movie stars Bruce Willis is back as John McClane, uh, Bonnie Bedelia, William Atherton, Reginald Vell Johnson. Reginald's Yay. back. Uh, Dennis Franz, Franco Nero, William Sadler, John Amos, and in maybe some of their first or early roles. I think that it's both of their first really? roles. Really? Robert Patrick, a.k.a. the T-1000. He's the T-1000. He's the T-1000. And also, uh, just as random generic bad guy number 12, <laughs> John Leguizamo. <laughs> uh, who, is who? Be- who is best known as... Luigi? Luigi! Luigi. Uh, <laughs> the Super Mario movie. Fun fact, he, he was cast, and then when they noted how short he was... They cut almost all of his stuff. Oh, right. And the one line they kept in the movie, someone else dubbed. Oh. Um, because they were because they were just like, oh, why are we using that guy? Oh. And he's since gone on to some fame. So that's kind of just a slap in the face yeah. to the poor guy. Yeah. Uh, budget for this movie was $70 million. It made $240 million, which was actually more than the original Die Hard. So take that, Die Hard one <laughs> people. Uh, and the plot of the movie is kind of, well, it's we've already discussed the plot. It's Die Hard in an airport. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so we start. Let's start about. Uh, okay, so we're. <laughs> let's talk about. We'll talk about some just comment, original comments about the movie. We'll start off with Greg, who's just kind of like, nope, I'm out. Uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Next. <laughs> oh, I'm serious. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, I do like it. Actually, it was the first Die Hard that I saw, and I saw it when I was like 10. Wait, really? This is this is your introduction to Die Hard? Yeah, Die Hard I Part saw it. Our neighbors rented it when I was about 10 years old. The icicle scene scared, Wait, what? scared the ever-living shit Hold on a second. You said you were, you were 10? I was 10 or 11. Oh, man. It had an NC-17 rating. Did it uh, re- until they chopped some stuff out of it. So, oh, man. Yeah, there are some deleted scenes so that they could get it down to a more watchable, <laughs> less... Because it was vo- more violent and more gory than really? the original uh, I'm going to look for So, the, yeah, I'm a little surprised that somebody let you watch it at 10 years old. Oh, yeah, no. Hey, we're watching Christmas movies. Come on over, Eric. Yeah, basically. Well, all the kids were just... I think the parents were just over having drinks and the kids for just, just watching Die Hard 2. Yeah. That, the, the, icicle, <laughs> the icicle death is legitimately terrifying and it's kind of funny because most of the movie doesn't really have like a whole lot of gore in it. No. But then it's just <laughs> one scene where a guy gets an icicle right through his eye and The throat slitting also yeah. Oh, yeah, that freaked was, me that out pretty, a lot. That was pretty yeah. bad. That's fair. But yeah, yeah, after that apparently I was hooked. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't More. Think I just like them. More. <laughs> Aaron, do you want to watch Beauty and the Beast? No. I want to watch Die Hard 2. <laughs> Does anyone get stabbed with an icicle? No. I remember, well, I watched the original Terminator fairly young, and it, uh, I remember, like, the last scene where the Terminator's chasing Sarah Connor in that uh, factory yeah. around. I was, like, literally, like, this little kid, just, like, just on edge, just, like, pulling my hair out, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> couldn't, I was very, uh, I didn't have any nightmares. I had, the Predator gave me nightmares. But uh, I don't think I got any uh, Terminator nightmares that I recall. Oh. Man. Movies just scarring kids for life. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Scott, initial thoughts of the movie. I did not watch this movie oh, when I was oh, too just, young. He breathed. Okay, that's good. <laughs> uh, 
I, I did watch the movie. Yeah. Do, do, I have do, seen do you love it as much as the beavers do? Eh. <laughs> oh, finally, <laughs> it's, a dissenter in the crowd. <laughs> it's not as good as the original Die Hard, and no. it's not as good as Die Hard 3. Of True. the three real Die Hard movies, yep. and there are only three real Die Hard movies. <laughs> the, other, the other two do not exist. What are the other ones? Like, Live Free and Die Harder? And something like that. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and Live Free and Die Hard. Another, good day to Die Hard. Die Another Day. day. They're not, <laughs> that's James Bond. They get, they get mixed up. They're Die Hard movies in the way that uh, a knockoff... Uh, Handbag is the same as a real handbag. <laughs> they, they, it's got the name, but like a, but it's full of sauce. A, 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 a Sony television it's is like, the it's same like as a Sony fruit hoops. Yes, <laughs> uh, but, or, or but rice crunchies. But of the three real Die Hard movies, this is the third best. Yeah, okay, and it's definitely got some areas it could be improved. Yeah, okay. See, I, so uh, I so I actually this movie I thought was actually better than I expected it to be. I've only seen it once, but yeah, it's it's got some it's got some. Oh, no, bumps it's in it's, it. it's definitely got some exciting and some fun parts. Yeah, in it. but it you could you could definitely tighten the screws. Yes, up. there is there is it's I I find it actually gets. Um, <laughs> so there was a point uh, last night. I'm watching it yesterday afternoon, and I th- I I wasn't kind of keeping track of the time, and I was kind of like. Uh, and life wanted to do something I'm like, okay, I'm just finishing watching the movie for the podcast. I think it's, we're really, I think there's probably 20 minutes left in the end. At that point, there was still like 45, 50 minutes left <laughs> in the movie. And I was like, whoa, really? This is kind of like, there's something else needs to happen before something else needs to happen sort of thing. Yeah. So. See, this is how I feel about Die Hard with a Vengeance because like, I don't think I've ever seen that movie all the way through. No? Because uh, by about the middle of it, I get bored and I go do something else. And then I come back and watch the end and I'm like, well, this is, that was unexciting. <laughs> Hmm. See, yeah, I, I feel I feel like this like it is like has a little bit of a pacing problem. I think a little bit, um, just because like I, I feel like there's you have this kind of it's like hits hits like the 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 gas pedal for so long, and then it sort of like kind of peters out for like quite a kind of while in the middle. I find, and then sort of kind of slowly ramps back up, back up, but not quite really. It's kind of no, a little, little difficult. What so. is the dead part for you? The dead part for me is uh, is actually 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 this if we're gonna talk about keeps and cuts, the dead part is basically so there's the uh, so when the terrorists like take over the the airport communications and then while they're they're all in the tower and all the good guys are like hey we can go to this transmitter that we built over here and we can use that <laughs> to kind of rejig the things when they when that gets blowed up by the terrorists then it's sort of a kind of like a oh. <laughs> Well, now what sort of thing? Yeah, that's. I feel like it kind of like like the wind gets knocked out of its sails at that point, and then I feel just kind of like John McClane is running around in the basement of the and climbing. Yeah, oh, things. that's because yeah. he goes he goes back down under the basement, and then yeah. he goes up and cap tries to capture the general that's landing. Yeah, or something like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. The I, generalissimo. Yeah, I there you go. Like I definitely didn't like the janitor. I didn't. I, I didn't think it was an interesting character. I. Thought he the the actor who played him was not very good. Um, I think it, it seemed to me that they were trying to give us a character that provided a little bit of comic relief, but it didn't work for me at all. Yeah. So that was like the one. That was the one thing I can point to that I genuinely didn't like in this movie. I feel like Bruce Willis. I think the the whole point of like the of the Die Hard movies is that Bruce Willis is the comic relief. Yeah. 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 They and they were trying extra hard in this one because. Uh, some of the some of his comedic lines are very clearly ADR'd, <laughs> like when he is ejected from the plane and uh, using the ejection sheet and falls down with the parachute. The parachute <laughs> covers him, and then an ADR line that says, 
where's the fucking door? <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Does he actually say that? I, I totally missed that. Something, yeah. It's something something like that. that, yeah. Yeah, okay. So if we're doing, if we're doing, if we're, if we're doing cuts and then keeps first, what else would you cut from the movie? Um, oh boy. I don't, I don't know. I didn't really have a lot of things that I, that I, I wanted to cut. Um, because for the most part, like almost everything kind of works for me. Like the, um, the action set pieces are good. The, you know, the, the, um, plane sequence where he captures the general. That was great. I like the, the, like the ejection sequences. It's cool. I like <laughs> with the, with the grenades that seem to take forever. To yeah. Get. yeah. 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 They, they took a real of, long time. <laughs> they just, just kind of bounce around. And I, kind I of mean, like... if, if I was going to tweak things, I'd, I'd have John McClane, like as soon as I say grenade, he's like, okay, I got to do something. Yeah. As opposed to grenades in here. Boy, I better tie my shoelaces and put, you know, set, yeah. strap me in the chair. Yeah. I like the, smoke uh, a cigarette before these grenades go off. I like the twist with the, uh, the army guys. Uh, the second crew of army dudes that come in at, that are are working with uh, the uh, Colonel Stewart. Yeah, uh, and I like the I like the whole thing where they have you know uh, s- you know um, second round of bullets with the the, the blue label bullets. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then they change them out to the to the real bullets mm. with the red. So mm. I like that whole thing. That was cool. Um, I liked how the movie ended. It was, uh, I liked that, that okay. set piece with him, uh, in the helicopter jumping onto the plane and, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, using the, the jet fuel as a, I liked how that whole sequence worked because he, you know, he really didn't have a plan and he just like, by, by virtue of getting his ass kicked, he stumbled upon, uh, the fuel dump switch perhaps conveniently sitting there. I don't know where those, <laughs> where the fuel yeah, lines really are. Is, that, planes, is but... that a part on a plane? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. yeah, well, you need like an injection button. I've seen fuel. a criticism that suggested that the movie Airplane! Exclamation point yeah. uh, d- handles aviation more realistically <laughs> than Die Hard 2. Uh, I mean, I don't know any different. I don't know anything about planes, so yeah. it works for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Aaron, what would you, what would you cut out of this movie? Uh, skip me. Go to Scott. <laughs> Scott, Scott. Scott's got a Scott's lot got of my first, yeah. my first suggested cut is going to be the most controversial. Okay. John cut McClane. Die Hard 2. <laughs> and make Die Hard 3. Okay. Because Die Hard 2 is contrived. Right. Like, it's it's Christmas again, and John McClane and his wife are again captured by terrorists, and yep. they're constantly lampshading, how does this happen to the same person again? Yeah. Uh, instead of that, just go directly to Die Hard 3, where you have a villain who specifically targets John McClane because yeah. of the events of the first movie. Right. So it's it's less contrived to get McClane back involved, and it's more of a direct sequel. Yeah. And I think that that's a better progression. Yeah. But if we're going to stay with <laughs> Die Hard 2... Um, there's, there's some stuff that doesn't work. Uh, one of the things, one of the big things I would cut is get rid of Dick. Which one was Dick? Is he the reporter? The reporter. Yeah, actually that from the first movie. He is, this is, this is, if if you're going to talk about the most contrived thing in this movie, it's getting the same reporter from the first movie on the plane with McLean's wife and doing, and doing the basic, the exact same thing. Exactly. Get rid of him and his subplot entirely. You can find another reason to have the airport riot later on. Yeah. You don't need him at all. And he, his being there was so jarring. It literally took me out of the movie. (laughs) Well, actually I was like, why is he back? (laughs) Seriously? See, having, having not, seen like die hard like die hard like regular die hard for a long time like this when this guy pops up i'm like okay he's obviously some significant i completely forgotten about him i had no and i've seen die hard one like a lot of times yeah. i completely forgot about him I he's go a, back and look he's it up a and tertiary character in the yeah. first movie like it's it's not even worth bringing him in yeah and it's 
it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. And I say just dump him completely. Yeah. Um, eh, other than that, there's not there's not a lot I would necessarily cut, but there are things I would change. Yeah, sure. I just see the things. The thing about this movie that it's almost it's almost charming because it is the quintessential '80s sequel, <laughs> where it's same same but different. Right, yeah. like the like the the all the like all the characters you knew from the first one, they're all back. Yeah, in, including Carl Winslow. Yeah, and <laughs> eating Twinkies. The Twinkies are back, well, and I'm even okay with him being there because John's out of his jurisdiction. He needs help. He calls home. Yeah. to the guy who's his friend and asks for help. Yeah. Yeah. that at least makes sense. That's that's less contrived, even yeah. if it is like okay, they wanted a way to shoehorn in Carl Winslow. Yeah, but it's less contrived than oh, I happen to be on a plane with the asshole reporter from the first movie. Yeah, just so that he can be in the movie again. But there's, there's yeah. lots of little fun moments with them though, like with with uh, him versus uh, Holly. You know, when because she punched him out in the first movie. Yeah, and now he's he's filed a restraining order against her. And so there's a lot of like there's some fun little play, and then like the setup with the the taser, the crazy grandma who has a taser <laughs> and, and a thirst for blood. So yeah, so which it, it, actually one of the things I actually like about these movies is I like to see how much air travel has changed. Because one of my oh, yeah. first, one of my favorite things about the first Die Hard is the very first scene where basically. John McClane is like getting off the plane, and the woman notices his like handgun. Yeah, and she and he's just she's like, oh, she's like, it's okay, lady, I'm a cop, and she's like, okay, that's oh pre nine eleven, okay, yeah. yeah. And like, whereas now this grandma's got like a like a working taser in her purse. It's yeah, just like okay, sure. Well, and pre nine eleven air travel, by the way, <laughs> yeah, because she's the worst human being in the world. She's a sociopath. Uh, pre nine eleven air travel actually plays into some of the changes I would make with this movie. And the I'd still have the taser old lady pay off, and I'd yeah. give Holly a hero moment, but it wouldn't involve uh, tasering Dick for being a dick. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, as, as far as like my cuts, uh, I yeah, so I'm agreeing with Scott. I would actually cut just yeah the evil reporter subplot, just because again, even even not quite remembering what he like what his connection was to the first movie, I still found him annoying. And I did yeah, I feel I feel I feel like if you if you cut him out completely, um, yeah, at some point. I think I think if you – why does the ride happen? If you cancel all the flights, I think a ride happens at an airport anyway on Christmas, right? <laughs> so, so you could do that and then you shave a couple minutes off the movie. Um, the only other thing I would really I would really cut just because it's made more of a, more of a change than a cut is uh, <laughs> it's the very end. So you like the very end, like the fight scene on the very end. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with that. But the part actually after that where it's all wrapping up and you've got – bloodied, broken, bleeding from his face, <laughs> Bruce Willis wandering around into this crowd of paramedics and firefighters and police Holly. and yelling, Holly at Holly. the top of his lungs. No one else knows who he is. So I feel like that's kind of a little like, mm, <laughs> yeah, it felt, it felt like a, kind of like a Rocky ripoff. No one's really interested in helping him. Yeah, apparently. yeah. just this strange man <laughs> bleeding from his face, yelling, Holly. <laughs> Oh, I thought of something I'd like to cut. Okay, please. Um, he should not be wearing a holster picking his wife up from the airport after going from his in-law's house where presumably his children are. <laughs> There's no reason for him to have a gun. Yeah, but he's, a, he's a cop, Aaron. He's a, he's no. a, cops he's a, have... That's stupid. Cops carry their, their weapon and their bag. And he barely used his gun anyway. He lost it in the first fight and then had to use a golf club and his fists. It's mm-hmm. stupid and mm-hmm. he shouldn't have had it. So. Yeah, if I feel like I feel like that's... If, you know, this might be the quintessential Hollywood cop thing where it's like all Hollywood cops always carry their badge 
and their sidearm at all times. Yeah. Because I've got friends and family in law enforcement. They carry their badges all the time. It's in the wallet. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. in his wallet. But I don't believe uh, my friends are allowed to carry their weapons just out into day-to-day. No. I will admit one thing that I would definitely keep is the baggage area fight scene, and I would make it longer. <laughs> and I would, would make really? McLean, like, just be whipping out crazy luggage to, like, fight these guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was he, great. It it was... Should've, there should have been more of that. That's yeah. why he shouldn't have had a gun, because he's coming up with... He's an everyman who has to use... Use an aerosol can. Yeah. The guy, the guy, the guy who uh, got uh, uh, stuck in the roller should have came out like a flat pancake, <laughs> just like a like, naked gun or something like that. <laughs> uh, well, should we talk about what, what we keep in this movie then? As far, well, you keep everything, but yep. is there something specific that you absolutely like, yeah, this is what this is... Maybe, maybe not what you keep. What was, the fav- what was your favorite I did parts? like that Carl Winslow came back. <laughs> that was... <laughs> That was really cool. I liked the, I, I liked his character a lot from the first one. So like that was a good little nod. Yeah, he made me smile. Movie, yeah. Um, oh, there was one joke that I really loved. The when uh, he's faxing uh, fingerprints. <laughs> to, to <laughs> no, I'm with you. Scott's on that, already Scott. angry at this. He's faxing fingerprints to Carl Winslow, <laughs> and then after he's done. The the woman that's helping him is like, hey, I get off in a little bit. Do you want to go grab something to eat or whatever? And he's like, just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, Scott, so uh, for those who are not watching the live stream, uh, the hidden live stream that no one knows, uh, <laughs> like the when we're talking about faxing fingerprints, Scott just kind of recoiled with like as if he had a massive migraine. <laughs> so so it's, maybe it's, it's such a groan worthy pun. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad that it wraps around to being good. I think it's funny. It's yeah. just I knew where you were going with your, this is the part that I love. And I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Aaron, what about you? What would I keep? Yeah. Um... And at this point, maybe maybe what we're doing is we're just defending defending the movie from Scott's, uh, from <laughs> Scott's <laughs> edit. So we're, try, we're trying to. Uh, I did like all the fights. I thought they were good. Yeah. Yeah. Just maybe, like Scott said, they could use some tweaking maybe, but I thought the premise <laughs> of all of them were decent. The On the airplane wing and the luggage. The one thing, that I th- the one thing I thought was weird, um, sorry, this is just what you're talking about was sort of making me think of it. Like when, during the turn between the two groups of army men, um, the uh, Colonel Stewart's men rigged the the church that they've got all the air the uh, tra- air traffic control equipment on, they rig it with C4, even though they know it's their buddies that are coming? Yep. Why'd they do that? So, <laughs> so and I have a follow-up question, and then maybe this is before I knew they were bad guys, is when they discover that the whole place is rigged with C4, they kind of very slowly and very casually kind of leave that place. Because they know they're, they're not, they know, they yeah, know they're they're not in danger. It's like yeah. earlier on when... Uh, when Sipowitz gets the uh, gets the call from McLean. Sipowitz. Sipowitz gets the call from McLean about where the base is. Yeah. The major comes over, grabs the piece of paper, does not look at it, and did not hear that conversation. Is like, we know where they are. Let's go. <laughs> like the major's not very good at disguising the fact that he knows he's in no danger. Yeah. Knows exactly where yeah. the bad guys are and yeah. is on their team. Yeah, he's he's a very bad double agent. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Speaking of, did Dennis Franz get his role? Because he's basically Sipowitz and Die Hard too. I honestly don't know. 
Hopefully. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if this movie just like launch padded with yeah. all these other actors so many careers. who didn't actually have to like audition for anything after You're that? You're a cranky, just, they, they... slightly incompetent cop. Please join our series. Oh, speaking of things I would keep that, I really like the air traffic control tech guy. I don't remember his name. The engineer. The engineer guy. Yeah. Everything, he, he had a lot of uh, a lot of things to do and he was a good character. I liked him a lot. <laughs> One thing I would remove though during that is there's like, there's a, I'm not sure if anyone else picked up this, but it was kind of bugging me. So they're doing that whole, they're that whole exchange where you've got McLean and they've got Sipowitz and you've got uh, the guy who's the boss of the Trudeau. Trudeau, yeah, Justin. His name stuck out because his <laughs> name is yeah, Trudeau. Justin Trudeau and uh, Sip- so Justin Trudeau, <laughs> the Prime Minister of Canada, Andy Sipowitz and uh, John McLean are arguing. Uh, in the background, there's like this monitor, this like these like bunch of monitors, almost like on this little like tower that keeps every time they change, it's either moving up. Or down, depending on where they change the angle. Oh, really? And so it was like, and I my go my question to all the air traffic controller uh, listeners out there: Do you just have like like a monitor thing that just bounces up and down, like just like a, <laughs> just, so? Yeah, yeah, that's like the the see through display they had in the church. The light bright should, panel. Yeah, it was oh, like yeah, a light yeah. bright panel, and all it was doing is had like these set. It, like there were set lights in a circle that just went. Whoop, whoop, it was just got like a the smaller. radius of yeah. the. Yeah, like nothing would change nothing. on. How did they yeah. get that from the Enterprise? Is what <laughs> yeah. I want to know. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Uh, for so maybe well, I'll, I'll follow my keeps uh, on the movie. I've only got two. I would keep. Um, I would. I would. I will defend from Scott. Uh, Dennis Franz. Obviously, we keep because Sipowitz was great because he perfectly played just like the, like the yeah the obnoxious somewhat. I think he's. I don't think he's uh, incompetent. I think he's just defensive. It's his airport. Yeah. You've got John McClane, who I think they've established is, so, is sort of like he's somewhat famous, and they, uh, maybe uh, the other cops kind of resent that he's he's barging in, telling him how to do their jobs and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. He certainly doesn't uh, like. He's John McClane is very much like he's he's a little arrogant with his. This this is kind of dipping my toe into changes territory. Okay, that's okay. We can we can but, dip. Um, I don't I don't dislike the character. Yep. But I think that he was too abrasive. And I think, think that so. I think that top to bottom, way too many people are way too big assholes to John McClane in this movie. Yeah. Like disproportionately. Okay. To the to the point where it, it actually stood out like, wow, John McClane cannot catch a break from <laughs> anyone in this movie. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. so. And the parking there, cop. And and at the end of the movie, he has this like, hey, I'm tearing up your parking ticket, McLean. You're a good guy. But it <laughs> feels so unearned because up until that point, he was such an asshole to yeah, McLean. Yeah. And I think that he needed to turn the corner earlier. Yeah. yeah. And and start being like, okay, there's a serious problem. Yeah. And you know what you're talking about. You know what about. you're talking about. And we need to be on the same page. Yeah. That needed to happen sooner for that to be earned. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. Well, well, I think we're good with that. The other thing I would keep, because I think we need to see this in more movies, we need to see the villains doing ch- uh, Tai Chi buck naked <laughs> just to set up, like, so they... <laughs> so, and, and my, 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 my question about that is just, be- is just because... So usually, like, when, you, when you're first introduced to, a, like, a villain, they're usually doing something seedy, which makes them seem bad. Like, they're <laughs> smoking a cigarette or they're, like, you know, laying explosives. And this guy's just doing Tai Chi in his in his birthday suit, <laughs> showing off his bum. Also, which I thought was interesting, uh, because it's a '90s action movie, um, and we talked about this in, in the the Top Gun episode. Um, the only nudity in this movie is uh, it's it's the it's the bad guy's bum. It's the Colonel Stewart. Mm-hmm. That's yep. it. That's all. <laughs> so yeah, that was interesting. For a scene about exposition, there's a surprising amount of nudity in it. For yeah. which it, it's an expo- it's uh, expository scene. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he's watching TV and the TV is telling us 
Oh, it's the general. backstory yeah. of the plot. Yeah, yeah. The and and there's just all this nudity going yeah. on. You barely pay attention <laughs> to you because you're just like, man, that is one muscly butt. <laughs> Holy cow. So part, part of me hopes that that was just like a Randy Harlan change. We're just kind of like, all right, so you're going to be in here doing push-ups and getting ready for the day. I no, can't. wait, Tai Chi. No, wait, take off your pants. I kind of want William Sadler to have been the one to make that choice. Where he's just like, no, William. my character would be nude doing his Tai Chi. And slightly oiled up. Get me some baby oil and just wrap it all into the stuff. Um, okay, how about this? So, um, so maybe um, while while this guy was maybe prepping for the uh, for his um, the bad guy while he's doing his tai chi, maybe if, uh, instead of watching uh, the news, he could have listened to another podcast like the Well Endowed Podcast, brought to you by our friends at the uh, Edmonton Community Foundation. Uh, keeps tab on what's uh, going on in Edmonton. They got lots of stuff. They're keeping track for you, so you don't have to uh, go check them out on Google Play. And uh, Apple, uh, and you're on your iTunes. Also, uh, you can find the episodes on the Well Endowed Podcast. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. That's right. Back to I have some notes. This is your Christmas edition Die Hard Part Du Die Harder or Harder More Hardest. Uh, Colin Scott, Greg, Aaron around the table. Uh, so we've talked about what we kept and what we cut. Uh, now we're going to make this an even better movie. We're Greg. We're going to make this a movie that you would think is you say this is even better than Die Hard Two. Um, yes. Well, I think like <laughs> my, my my plan of attack for this is not to necessarily. Um, fix the movie, but maybe uh, change it for modern times, I guess. Okay. So, like, reboot it? Uh, sort of. Remake like, it? Because one of the things I thought would be uh, really interesting for a second Die Hard was, you know, um, Holly's character is actually a, a pretty strong character. Like, she's uh, she's kind of tough. She's got a lot of attitude in the in the first movie. And, and I felt like there's a possibility to take her and her, put her in the lead action role. And it would be really interesting for her to be on the ground uh, solving problems while John McClane is up in the plane uh, trapped. <laughs> so that she becomes the action star instead. Yep. Right? And, and obviously, like, she's not a cop or anything like that, but I thought, okay, well, she, you know, she's been through sort of like a traumatic incident. Uh, you know, maybe she uh, spent a lot of time, um, you know... You know, go, she went to the firing range or something like that, just like preparing herself <laughs> okay. for like you know, it's, it scared her. She wanted to, yeah, you yeah. know, she wanted to be able to handle handle herself in any situation. So she's 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 kind of toughened herself up. Okay, and then she notices weird things going on in the uh, in the airport, and she investigates just as John McClane would. Oh, I don't mind that. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. So so basically, so coming out of Die Hard, she yeah, she sort of she. Like kind of trains her, kind of trains herself to kind she of. She Sarah Connors herself. Yeah, Sarah Connors herself. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I and like, that like you still get the diehard element of it because she's not, she's not a cop necessarily. So she still has to like she's sort of like bumbling around the same way that uh, a John McClane would. Yeah, you know, and having a difficult time of it. Right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it'd be hilarious just to have like you know. Uh, John McClane stuck in the plane with <laughs> with Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking champagne. Yeah, or maybe he's bringing the kids 
from from LA to visit, you yeah. know, and, and Holly's already there, so that g- gives you sort of like the reason why they're there. And and having the kids on the plane would also yeah. it would be fun to see how 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 John McClane handles children. That would be interesting. I just thought it, and it would in- increase the stakes as well. Yeah, exactly. I just thought it and maybe and someone if someone knows so why were they, so why were they even going to Washington? Was that where her parents were? Yeah, yeah Holly's in laws. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I suddenly just realized like why were they so they live in LA? <laughs> why were they in Washington? <laughs> they the in laws were so yeah. so okay. So and John had come with the kids early. And no, Holly was there early, and then John's coming with the kids. That's why he's on the plane. Oh, okay, I think. Colin was asking about the original movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which oh, that's is John has okay. yeah, yeah, the opposite. Yeah. Oh, okay, so 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 in your version, it's reversed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. I think they could be interesting. Yeah, I I, I think I think to, to Scott's point about how uh, this doesn't about how uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance two tr- plays more directly into the first one. Yeah, I think I think that would kind of yeah kind of bleed into that where it's sort of like. Like, other than acknowledging, like, why does this keep happening to us? Like, yeah. oh, why do we keep having mice in the basement? It's like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it doesn't really play that much into it. So, yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Yeah, it's all this, all the same characters you love, but, a, like, a, a you know, a nice twist on a familiar theme, I think. Right? Does Holly get her, does Holly still get to work with Carl Winslow, or does she get her own Carl Winslow to work with? Oh. Well, I think mm. I think uh, the engineering Sick guy, yeah, the engineering guy can be kind of like Sipwas can still be her foil, but like yeah. the engineering guy can kind of be her Carl Winslow. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. We don't actually think his name real name is Carl Winslow. No, <laughs> the, 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 the character's name is Al. <laughs> yeah, Re- Reginald Re- Reginald Vell Johnson's the actor. <laughs> right. So, uh, God bless him. By the way. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, the plane stuff could still work with John calling. Like, you know, she could be in contact with John on the plane because, yeah. you know, they've established that they have they uh, have the technology. Yeah, they have right. beepers in phone or phone planes, plane phones. Yeah, it could. You could have a nice little moment where she just calls up to the plane, and jo- and John's all confused, like, "How are you calling me <laughs> from the ground? I'm on a plane." <laughs> Pretty good uh, John McClane impression. I think, I think so. Exact, that was yeah. it. Was like Bruce Willis was right there next to. <laughs> Uncanny. Joining us as a guest, as a guest, and I have some most Bruce Willis. <laughs> uh, no, fair enough. Uh, Aaron, what do what have you got? What do you, what changes you make to the movie? I'm cheating because I like Greg's idea. <laughs> um, yeah, more action, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We had discussed this last night. Like, yeah, we were just, like, that's going right. Through, I like, couldn't think of anything else that I like better than that. I just yeah, want to see Holly this is, this is, beat I, the crap out of some I mean, guys. aside from, like, obviously, Scott thinks in the, differently, but, like, I actually, <laughs> when, I, when I was, when I, I like, after we, after everyone had voted on Die Hard 2, that it, it suddenly occurred to me, I was like, I was like, oh, I think I like that movie quite a bit. <laughs> but usually, like. Voiced by his own patron. Yeah. <laughs> Usually that's not a problem because we because we did like eighteen ages ago and I yeah. kind of I thought eighteen was a fine movie but we still yeah. found found things to, to oh, yeah. change and stuff like that but this movie I was like I don't know it just it works it, it works for the time period that it's in like like or the time period that it was made it just like it just it's just a maybe, good maybe 80s the, and maybe and maybe the problem is is that is that Bruce Willis is just so epically John McClane and he just like just has like he. Just you can't take your eyes off him, right? He's just he's the he's like he's, he's the star. He's the perfect yeah. like like I was actually thinking how much I love like how much he gives like when he's like when he's firing when he's like you know, firing off his, his little handgun <laughs> and his face just contorts as if it's like just like it makes it seem like it's the loudest possible thing and that sort of stuff. So yeah. so it's it's tough because Bruce Willis is good at what he does and he's good at being cranky John McClane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Scott. 
Sharpen your knives. Save the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple changes okay. that I would make. Okay. Um, and they they largely center around uh, Colonel Stewart, actually. Okay. Uh, and less around McLean. Though I will admit I like the switching McLean and Holly idea. I think that's interesting. Um, one of the things is that I found that uh, I was I was weirded out that Colonel Stewart had predicted the weather perfectly. Like his plan happened to coincide. He knew exactly where the Generalissimo was going. The he knew exactly that the weather was going to be bad, so that it would shut down nearby airports. Oh, like it yeah. just so much of his plan is based on just luck. Yeah, like he just was—he's the luckiest villain in the world. And he's not a serious. And they, and they say they've been like planning this for two months. Yeah, too. and <laughs> how do you plan the weather two months in advance? You uh, don't. No, meteorologists can't plan the weather. Two well, months especially in considering advance. that like the the general was going to be transferred when he was going to get transferred. Yeah, so you had no control over the day that it was. I think, and, and Anita pointed this out actually, so I'll give her credit for this. It would have been interesting if the winter storm had actually muddled everyone's plans, yeah. and okay. if and if Colonel Stewart was kind of freewheeling a little bit himself from the villain side, trying to deal with the fact that we weren't planning on this storm. We can use it, but we're going to have to change the plan. So I think that would have been interesting as well. Um, It should have been more personal between him and McLean. Yes. There's virtually no anima. Like, McLean has more reason to hate the major, who actually betrays him, than he does for Colonel Stewart, who's just kind of their planning stuff. Yeah. And I think one of the ways that that could have happened is if uh, Colonel Stewart had put Holly in direct danger. If after crashing Chief O'Brien's plane, um, they need to make another example and he finds out that Holly, that McLean's wife, is on one of those planes and yeah. he tries to get take care of that plane next. Yeah. And then McLean has to do something uh, to and I have I have an idea for this. And we'll get to that <laughs> to communicate up to that plane to to stop that from happening. Right, which gives Holly her hero moment, and which makes McLean now have a real personal reason to hate Stuart yeah. because you tried to kill my wife yeah. or my kids, or if Holly's on the ground, you tried to kill my kids, my husband, <laughs> and I. Ooh, I'm going to get you. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, that leads up to the fight on the wing of the plane when the bad guys are trying to take off. Uh, the the fatal part of that fight should have been with Colonel Stewart. Uh, McLean should have fought Colonel Stewart, and then Colonel Stewart should have been the one who went through the plane, the jet engine. Then you have a cathartic, I've beaten the villain moment. And oh, then yeah. the major knocks him off the plane and gets back on board and is like, well, Colonel Stewart's dead, but I guess I'm in charge now. Yeah. And then everybody explode. Yeah. And I think that would have been a little more satisfying than Colonel Stewart is just there and beats the crap out of McLean and almost gets away scot-free. Yeah. I think that's a more satisfying conclusion to that villain arc. If McLean beats him and then the major is the one who's like, yeah, get off my plane boot. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think that works a little better. So basically I'm saying that Colonel Stewart needed some tweaks to be a more effective villain and to have more uh, personal animosity between him and McLean. Yeah. Because they, they barely cross paths as ships in the night in this movie. Yeah, they basically like talk to each other on the radio like like once or twice maybe. Yeah, like that it's it's just it, you don't have the personal connection that McLean had with Gruber in the first. Yeah, movie. where he actually meets him. Yeah, Hans Gruber and, and John McLean have a reason to hate each other in the yes. first movie, and it makes the the final showdown between the two of them more uh, have more weight and more impact. Yeah, and Colonel Stewart is just it doesn't. Yeah. 
Like he's, it's so weak at the end when they have their, their fight. There's no emotional weight behind it. It's just like McLean wants to beat that guy because he's a bad guy. Yeah. As, yeah. as opposed to McLean wants to beat that guy because he tried to kill Holly. Yeah. yeah. Like there's also, ooh. there's also kind of like a, um, a kind of a missing connection between what McLean is doing and what's happening with Holly. Like there's no, like McLean, like it, it ends up that like he destroys the plane and the fire from the plane becomes the 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 light that I guess lets they couldn't the... have landed on when the other plane crashed, but right. <laughs> <laughs> that's let's, let's ignore that. Let's just ignore <laughs> that. Yeah. That... So it would be nice if there was some sort of like more direct connection between whatever it is that that John McClane is doing and uh, and saving Holly, because then that ups the stakes a little bit more. I'm not sure what that is, how much you have to tweak the the final scene in order to make that work. Well, there's there's so many issues surrounding I'm pretending to be the control tower and I'm going to make your plane crash by not knowing where the landing strip is for real. Um, I think what we should have done in this pre-9-11 age where you can walk on board a plane with a, a handgun and nobody's <laughs> going to bat an eye <laughs> is that Colonel Stewart should have sent uh, some men ahead of time to planes that were flying into Dulles with explosives. He should have been prepared to suicide bomb some of those planes. And right. that should have been his example. Those planes will stay up in the air forever yeah. or I will start blowing them up. And, that, yeah. that, and then <laughs> Chief O'Brien's plane is the first one that he is, explodes to prove that he's got a point. Yeah. And then when, when he goes to do the same with Holly's plane later on for the second example, that's where Holly has her hero moment. She's been keyed up to the fact that there's this suspicious guy on the plane yeah. who's there instead of Dick. And... When he goes to do the suspicious thing, yeah. maybe McLean has paged up to her, there's a bomb on your plane. Yeah. She recognizes that's the bad guy. She grabs the old lady's taser yeah. and tasers the bad guy, sure. saves the plane. Yeah. Colonel Stewart's like, why is that plane not exploding? Yeah. And then you you take the next step of they managed to get the information to the other planes. There's bombs on your plane. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, <laughs> that starts scuttling Stewart's plan. He starts getting more... Ugh. Yeah, and and again, you're you're amping up the reason for the two of them to hate each other. Plus, yeah. you give Holly or McLean, if he's the one on the plane, yeah. their moment to be the hero, <laughs> yeah. where they get to cold cock the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, and and you give Stewart's plan an opportunity to make a little more sense, maybe. Yeah, then I control the weather and no other airports in the <laughs> yeah, FAA are not going to bother. The problem that we were talking about yeah, off air, yeah. where the the planes just could have landed at any number of the <laughs> other airports yeah. that are in the area yeah. in around Washington. Yeah, like how like yeah, like no, I've, I've never been, but I mean, like that's like uh, like how many airports are in that area? You've got you could divert to yeah. Like, like that, well, that part York of the United States is like, is like, it's lousy city. with airports. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just yeah, one big metropolis. Yeah. They kind of right? yeah, so. make it seem like, oh, we've, we've diverted planes to Atlanta and Denver, like all these far off places. It's like, yeah. no, isn't it like, let's see here, Boston, Baltimore, uh, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, and, and in an emergency situation, even if it was like whiteout conditions, if, if, one airport's like, we have a terrorist situation and we need to land these planes anywhere else. Yeah. Any other airport in the area would be like, well, it's probably safer to try it here than not at all. <laughs> than just circling around. Yeah, than circling around forever. Yeah. So Washington, D.C. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so th those are my main fixes. And again, my main fixes mostly revolve around <clears throat> tweaking the villain. Yeah. So it, it ups the stakes, makes his plan make a little more sense, and gives Holly something to do on the plane rather than yeah. just once again be a prop. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that. Here's yep. a here's 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 a here's a question, and this kind of goes back to this kind of goes back to your comment, Scott, about how everyone's kind of like unjustifiably mean to John McClane. That's another thing. People <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be yeah. quite so, so big assholes. So, to so what? Like, so, and this is this is more of a question, more more of like a like because I just I literally thought about it like uh, during the break. Would it make a better movie if maybe that instead of McClane being like universally like like loathed and hated it's like i've seen you on the tv you that maybe the opposite is actually starts out where actually he is recognized a lot and it bugs him because of because he doesn't he's just he's just joe cop and he's like look i've just just i don't and and maybe that would be interesting so and and if if it's less that people are obstructing him because they're treating him like he's an asshole and it's they're obstructing him because they're tripping over themselves because he's a hero cop yeah Yeah. like he like he gets actually more he's actually gets all this attention because people do recognize him and maybe when this actually starts to like when this thing starts to happen instead of him going to these going to um sipowitz's office saying like there's a terrorist here you got to do something and sip was like get out of my office you um stuff starts to go down and like he actually gets dragged into it and he's like look no i've done this before i have i don't want like you guys handle it but they're like no 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 and maybe and maybe something to affect where they go to try to handle it, and like the cops try to do it, and let's say they all get wiped out, or something happens, and it's like, oh damn! Now I'm oh I'm they now. get wiped out at the at the that satellite scene. The yeah, satellite. yeah, maybe, and it's like oh now I'm now, and then he's like, okay, now he's still the one like the one man army again, going like ah, geez. Well, and that's and that's one of the reasons why it works with Die Hard Three, because in Die Hard Three he doesn't want to be involved in it. Yeah. But he gets, gets but out, he yeah. gets dragged into it because the yeah. villain is specifically going after him. Yeah. Because he's the hero cop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So I guess we can do that twice. But anyway. Just, just no, but I'm, but I'm saying that if not taking three into account because we're just fixing two. Right, right. We're pretending three hasn't happened yeah. yet. That that works. That's a good idea. Yeah. Because it, it does play up, play up just the like, yeah, there's, there's I guess there's... Um, you know, there's consequences from the first movie, yeah. And so Holly is, has has t- taken up all this self defense and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, and and McLean obviously they're the only the only really uh, fallout you see is that McLean is uh, like they've they've obviously reconciled their marriage, which was a bit bumpy in the first movie, uh, and he's now moved to L.A. and he's an L.A. cop as opposed to like I'm a New York cop, blah blah blah. So yeah, like having him just sort of like no, like uh, no, don't want no, don't want to be involved, like. <laughs> Go handle it, Sipowitz. <laughs> Take care of it. Um, that's that's only really like serious. The only really serious change that I would make my my changes would actually include make it a musical because I think that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, and all Christmas movies should be made a musical. Um, Bruce Willis sings. He, he does. He does sing. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Wait, what is he singing? He's like a. He's he like had a an blue, album. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a blues yeah. album. Oh wow! Yeah. Know that. The Return of Bruno or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh man, that's even that's now that's even a better idea than I thought it was. Um, I would kind of cut the whole trend, the, the, trying to get the transmitter thing. Also, if we're just talking about kind of like little logic holes and like little loopholes, the and this is only because of of kind of working in kind of like the the electronics telecom industry when they go and basically set up the whole mini air traffic controller at like the church, pretty flawlessly and seems like a short amount of time. I'm like, mm, usually if you're like, I set up Christmas lights this morning and it didn't go smoothly. <laughs> So I'm not sure how you can recreate a uh, air traffic controller in a church. Uh, it's army efficiency. No, like with, the, yeah, with just, <laughs> just special ops. There we go. That was John Leguizamo's part. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then the only thing I would I would say is just because you know it, it was just because they look really really cool. I'd have more plane explosions because they were really well done. This movie. <laughs> 
More plane explosions. Yeah, all the special effects look like, except for that one weird shot right at the end when they're pulling out, and it looks like a it looks like a matte painting. Yeah, looks- that was actually though. So on the Wikipedia, I actually mentioned that was the first time that had been done on film, where they actually had they actually had a, like the matte painting and live action people. Yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. One. It was like a big deal at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> They do that on Star Trek Next Generation all the time. Maybe, maybe that's where it came from. Yeah, that's where maybe that's where it came from. Uh, so let's let's uh, we've got we've got uh, if you follow us on on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook, we often want to get uh, your comments, uh, and we got lots of lots of great uh, comments in this one. Oh, we also let you know what movie we're going to be doing. So if you'd like to get in and see what we're doing at a time, this is usually where you find out. Um, uh, Herman said, uh, "Comment was can you please do a scientific research as to how someone could die harder." Thank you. Uh, well, John McClane has yet to die, period. So yeah. uh, I would say that we do not yet know how he could die harder because he has yet to die. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not very good at that. So here's here's here on a side tangent. So the original, since the original book was actually called Nothing Lasts Forever, would we love the movies just as much if it was called Nothing Lasts Forever? Or is it because it sounds it more like a, it sounds more like a Bond title. Yeah, yeah. it does. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing lasts forever. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing or two. Uh, Jeff says, I think the reason people like the third movie so much, including me, was that it was different from the first one. This one hit too many of the same oats, like even his wife being trapped. Weirdly, this was based on another book altogether, which also might account for some things being forced into the story. Uh, at one point, John McClane is uh, lampshade hanging how it's the same thing all over again. And he does it wrong, which is weird because he says... Oh, another another elevator, another basement. What's going yeah, on? And it's like, the no, you weren't in the basement at that time. I was wondering about that. Not even once. You yeah, were in an elevator. Yeah, you were in an air vent. We were talking about that, and we were like, we're like, was he was he in the basement with with Gruber? No, he was no, on the roof. Okay, okay, yeah, I thought so because even when he said that, I was like. I don't remember him being in like just like coming down to the basement His, and running around trying to find where he needs to Die Hard 2 it. can't even keep Die Hard 1's continuity <laughs> yeah. correct. Like His, that's, his limo driver was exactly. in the basement, but that was about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's weird. Yeah. Okay, I'm, it wasn't just me. Uh, Andrew says, I always remember the TV version. Yippee ki yay, Melon Farmer. <laughs> Uh, honestly, one of the things that really bothered me in this movie was a loss of the loss of innocent life. It may sound silly, but it's fictional. But that an entire plane full of people dying really soured my enjoyment of this of this one. Yeah, that's pr- it's pretty rough. Like two hundred and thirty people get explode by the bad guy, and yeah. that makes him a, that makes him probably the most murderous villain in Die Hard. You know, in yeah. all the movies. Oh yeah, quite probably. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. And they don't really like in the like in the in like. Uh, in the the tower after it happens, they just kind of hang their heads. It's kind of like, ah. yeah, it happens. Like they, they kind of they're like, oh, Chief O'Brien's plane exploded. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, like well, there's McClane, John yeah. McClane, yeah. McClane is, is John McClane is affected, but they're it. but they're all upset about it for about eight minutes. Yeah, and then it's kind of forgotten and never brought back. Yeah, up. and that's a shame. I feel and I feel like maybe tying tying back into like what causes the panic at the airport if we remove the reporter thing. Maybe the plane crash maybe, right outside. Maybe yeah, maybe the plane crashing, which you can probably see for miles and miles and miles well, and miles and miles, or miles where you can hear or it. Or when they would... blew up the new terminal. Oh yeah. yes, exactly. Like there's there's explosions all over that airport that yeah. night and everyone inside is just like, Do you hear something? Some, like, <laughs> I feel like someone's calling the nine one one at some point, going like, I think I think I heard a plane explode. Plus most terminals have windows 
out into yeah. the tarmac. Like, like you think someone would see. Yeah. Even through a snowstorm, the giant fireball. <laughs> yeah, like, that's not supposed to happen. Uh-oh. Wait a second. All Wait the planes are delayed and there's a fireball outside. I think <laughs> must not be related. I, Total what? coincidence. I don't think I want to fly tonight. Just, yeah. It's cold big. out. There's <laughs> potato flakes everywhere. You know what? We'll catch a plane tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark says, I have Maybe so... this will have all cleared up. <laughs> Mark says, I have no notes because any movie starring Dennis Franz is already perfect. <laughs> How many movies is Dennis Franz starring in? Uh, we don't have the internet, so we can't check. <laughs> we can't, we can't check. Uh, Nathan says, it's a little weird that McLean is an L.A. cop for only this time. Uh, is he New York cop in all the rest of them? He was in the first one I'm in pretty, the third one. I'm pretty sure he is. When yeah. he's like in yeah, yeah. Die Hard 4 and 5, is he still New York cop? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Although, um, Die Hard 4 takes place mostly in Washington, right? Again. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Leave Washington and The alone. last Die Hard takes place in Russia. Yeah. Are there really? Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. Man. All of it. Yeah. Almost all of it. <laughs> yeah. They get pretty dumb yeah <laughs> that's the movie Apparently. where he continually claims he's on vacation when he when he was not on vacation oh, really? he <laughs> okay. came to pick his son up yeah <laughs> get him out of jail yeah that's not a vacation i mean i don't know maybe in john mcclain's world weird world maybe it's working feels like a vacation uh nathan also says uh, first time we see robert patrick uh the part when john calls out how how can this happen to the same guy twice lol it's where they had it they had a twist uh, that the movie uh, not sure it was needed also looking at airport also looking at airport security in those days which was pretty um, lax yeah does exist yeah it's like are you, <laughs> ticket please there you go alright <laughs> thank you is this you sure sure why not <laughs> it can be uh oh sorry I thought you were going to say this. Uh, at, uh, at Darwin 11 or 111 uh, says Third best Die Hard movie, which would probably uh, ch- chime in here. Uh, Vengeance is dramatically better than two, other than the goofy test screen ending, or sorry, do a goofy uh, test screening ending. Yeah. So, is that is that like is he talking about just sort of the the picture and the and the people walking around? Or are you talking about Bruce Willis yelling Holly? Um, Holly. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's referencing there. To be honest. Yeah. Maybe I should have looked it up. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Oh, well. Uh, and Jay says, I'm, I'm just sitting in shock over here realizing that there are as many Die Hard movies as there are DCU movies. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think there might be more. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, and they've, you know, at least, and at least the first three were pretty good. Unlike the DCEU. <laughs> Which started out uh, pretty bad and then got spectacularly worse <laughs> after that. Uh, I, I will admit that one of the twists that I like about this movie is that unlike so many of the other Die Hard movies, the bad guy in this one is actually a terrorist yeah. and not just a thief who's dressed as a terrorist. Oh, yeah, I yeah. guess so. Hey. Which yeah. most of the other Die Hard movies are like, uh, turns out they're just thieves. So <laughs> in this one, no, he's actually a terrorist. So Die, so die Hard one, they're stealing bonds? Is yeah. That yeah. Like bear bonds or bear something bonds. like that? And then they're stealing gold in the third one. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right, yeah. And what are they stealing in the fourth one? I don't recall. No, like no. Data. Oh, so, I don't know. Timothy Oliphant stealing the internet. Yeah, he's stealing the internet. That is correct. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Scott, Aaron, thanks for being on the show. Uh, anything you like? You think you'd like to plug? Uh, well, I continuously mention it lately. Yeah. Uh, my that's wife okay. and I have started a new podcast called The Read Along. It's a mini book club for your ears. Uh, it's a fairly quick listen, only about 20 minutes or so every episode, because we are doing a chapter of a book as we read through the book, uh, one chapter at a time. So it's easy for you to follow. It's very enjoyable. And our first book, Meddling Kids by Edgar Cantero, is spooky and hilarious. Ooh. 
So uh, definitely give it a listen. Favorite and thank you to Aaron Beaver for our art. Thank you for having me too. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at I Have Some Notes. Uh, if you like the show, please consider rate and reviewing it on iTunes. It really helps us out. Uh, and if you have some notes on I Have Some Notes, you let us know. We, 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 we want to hear what you guys think. Yeah, and because the, this is our last show of the year, and yep. uh, we should wish everyone a happy holiday season absolutely uh and uh and extend uh some pretty big thank yous i think because it's been a a big year for the show we've uh uh we've joined the alberta podcast network Mm -hmm. uh and uh and you know we're close to ten thousand downloads and and every uh every time you know we put out the call for uh comments and stuff there's lots of people who are commenting on the show it's just it's just awesome you know it makes me so so happy when i see that um so thank you very much everybody for listening we really appreciate it and thank you very much for to uh colin and uh, and scott and of course aaron for uh for helping make the show uh this is uh, an awesome kind of dream for me so i appreciate it yeah it's super super cool and they, well and they, we're doing thanks thanks to greg for, who does all the stuff he does <laughs> all of the things he edits he brings the things he does the artwork uh yeah the only thing he doesn't do is make the movies we watch that's true <laughs> and we're not entirely sure he isn't because <laughs> we have no proof this that is, he has. this is this is very true uh but yeah and, and also yeah thank you there's uh uh, as uh, Tim McAuliffe says on Tim and Sid, you could be a thousand places, but you chose to be here with us, and we thank you for that. Uh, so yeah, thank you for being a part of the show, and like we look forward to obviously all the shenanigans that we like we can get up to in 2018. Yeah, I guess the only last thing to do is to mention the Alberta Podcast Network one more time, absolutely, and, and, to, uh, and to encourage people to visit uh, albertapodcastnetwork.com, and in particular. Listen to the Northern Nerd Network, right, Colin? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the Northern Northern Nerd Network is all about geeky, nerdy people, groups, and events in and around Edmonton area. That includes us, because we were interviewed by Dan and Chelsea back in January, uh, back uh, even before we were just Alberta Podcast little uh, network buddies. Uh, it was a good time. We highly recommend you check it, check it out, northernnerdnetwork.com. Uh, uh, you can find this show and all the other shows from the Alberta Podcast Network on G Radio or gradio.ca. And also, you can find us on the CKUA app. Uh, you can uh, download that uh, at the Apple App Store. I'm not sure if they have an Android version. Do they have an Android version of that? Does, mm. anyone, does anyone have an Android version? <laughs> if know. you know, write yeah. to us. I have some notes. And obviously, if we're thanking, big thanks to ATB, obviously, for uh, for obviously uh, putting putting some some muscle behind the Alberta Podcast Network. Yep. Super awesome people. Um, that's it for us. Happy holidays. We'll see you guys in 2018. Well, we won't see you or unless we're watching. Unless we're doing the podcast from your house. Unless we're outside which, of your window in right which now. Maybe we'll <laughs> Are do you listening some, to our podcast? We're right if, behind you. If someone wants to invite us to their house, we'll do the podcast from your house. Maybe. Who knows? Will you make snacks? We'll eat snacks. And are you watching the skies? And are you watching the skies? For exploding planes. <laughs> <laughs>